0: ABC tonight.
1: Special Agent Will Trent, Georgia Bureau investigation.
2: I told him I'd bring my best. Will sees things that no one else does.
0: Based on the New York Times best-selling series.
1: Well, why Will
2: Trent? He's good police, and he's objectively hot.
0: See crime. Put out Amber Alert. There's a kidnapping. Through his eyes.
3: He read that crime scene
0: like it was a book. Ramon Rodriguez is. I'm a pretty observant guy. Will Trent. Series premiere tonight, tonight Central on ABC and stream on Hulu
4: because we want to make sure that Bill WD-40 can get into the chat room there and lube it on up for us so we have a smooth show sailing. We got a great show. You know what? It has been eight years, eight years. Like Literally, Bill Bean was one of my first guests ever on Spaced Out Radio uh, back in December of 2014, and for some reason, we just never brought him back. But it's time, and when I saw him on our list, I was so damn excited, so excited, because, you know, I don't know how it... Sometimes a name just slips through, and this one did. Uh, Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So if you want to, go right ahead. You can be the first of 2023. We have 30 seconds before we're going to launch here. Digger Dog, good to see you. And Penman, right there. Robert Lamoth, good to see you. And uh, we're almost ready. Hi, Jenny. How are you? Nice to see you. Super Chat is open. Our store on our website is open as well. Cat Chaser with the first Super Chat of the night. Thank you, Cat Chaser, for kicking off the Super Chat this week, this month, this year. And for everybody else, let's do this thing. Get your horns up. Let's rock. Hey, hey, hey. Mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is spaced out radio. I am your host, Dave Scott. Sitting in the captain's chair of SOR Headquarters, we welcome you to tonight's show and our terrestrial affiliates around North America. Digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at YouTube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Face down radio. Our website is facedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a power show for you tonight. World-renowned exorcist Bill Bean talks exorcism and demonic forces. Then, in hour number three, we head to the swamp with another spooky story from Swamp Dweller. Tim Senor will be back with the UFO report in hour number three as well. You know, it's been almost, actually, it's been over eight years. Eight years. Since our guest tonight has been on Spaced Out Radio, when I first started this show, I was looking for some of the biggest names that I could find. And Bill was courteous, courteous enough to actually come on the show and give a, give a new guy a chance. And sometimes names fall through the cracks, you know, when you start getting into topics and focus on UFOs and a lot of other stuff that we do here on Spaced Out Radio. But when I saw his name on the schedule, I was absolutely thrilled. Absolutely thrilled because Bill Bean is one of those genuine human beings. He is a fantastic person who if he saw somebody cold walking down the street, he's the type of guy who gives the jacket to somebody who's cold or the toque, or the beanie, or the gloves, or whatever. That's just his nature of the man that he is. He is a world-renowned exorcist and spiritual deliverance minister known as the Spiritual Warrior. Bill has helped thousands of people across North America, along with other countries, like 54 of them, Bill Bean's Spiritual Warfare Deliverance Ministry addresses anything from curses, blocks, attachments, obsession, and oppression to possession by demonic spirits. He is also an internationally known author, lecturer, and supernatural expert. To have him back on Spaced Out Radio, we are so lucky and blessed. Bill Bean, I apologize to you that it has taken literally forever forever. To get you back on this show but the fact that you are back with us and you have a beautiful guitar collection right behind you uh, thank you so much for joining
3: us again my friend it's my pleasure my brother i can't believe it eight years when you said i just can't believe how quickly time has gone and i can understand uh with all the success of your show And all the different people that you've interviewed and continue to interview, it's very easy to forget about somebody like me. And it's just God has a way of uh, bringing things around, and he's brought us back together again, and it's great to be back with you.
4: You know, the only issue that I have is you haven't aged an iota. You look the exact same as you did. I'm like 30 pounds heavier, uh, three times as gray haired, you know, and, and it's affected me. I mean, the time, but I mean, you look like the same guy that I interviewed eight years ago.
3: Well, uh, thank you, brother. But no, I've got some gray too. And the, the, the chin is gray and I've shaved this all down to keep the gray from my pose So that's uh. Time is uh, aging me as well, so. but you look great, and uh, you look different without that beard, though. That's uh, I, when I first saw you. I said, wow. That is, uh, I'm used to seeing you with the facial hair.
4: Trust me. I did the exact same thing. I looked in the mirror, and I said, my God, what have you made me do? What have you made me do? And uh, it was scary. Uh, I looked down at my clippers, and I was like, oh, no. Oh no. But uh, yeah, well, sometimes you got to start fresh. You know. <laughs> you look
3: younger. Well, thank exactly you. Exactly right. It's a new year, so it's a fresh new look and uh, you do look younger and so it, the good the good news is that if you want to grow it back, you'll be able to grow it back uh, very quickly. So that that's a good thing for guys like us. We shave it all off; it'll come back.
4: You got that right, my friend. You know it has been a wild and wacky uh, turmoil around the world the last you know f- five years, especially you know whether it's the economy, whether it's yeah. whether it's war, whether it's uh, the. Uh, you know, people's perspective, perception of life, whether it's UFOs and potential ET contact, which I know is a concern for you. I mean, we look at everything that has gone on in the last number of years here. And, you know, I don't know whether I should be scared. I don't know whether I should be humbled. I don't know whether, uh, you know, you just ignore everything and keep on living the best life that you can live. I mean, how do you do it?
3: By the power of God, and that's the God's honest truth, uh, without God, without his protection and favor and empowerment over my life, I'd have been dead a long time ago, brother. Uh, I can never thank God and praise God enough for what he's done, for what he's doing, and for what he's going to do for me and how he works through me to help people. I'm nothing special, Dave. Uh, uh, Someone that God chose to work through, I didn't choose to do it. He chose me to do it. And it comes, uh, I understand this perfectly well now because of the amount of suffering that I endured in childhood and my family being destroyed by demonic forces. I nearly was as well. It, I Looking at it now, it makes perfect sense because uh, I had to be in a position of suffering in order to be where I'm at right now. Uh, God working through me to help people because I can relate and people can relate to me. Uh, I know what it's like to suffer. And I take the sufferings of others very seriously and very personally. So in the beginning, when God chose me to do this, I thought, no, no, God must have a sense of humor. I I can't do anything to help anybody. I I can barely do anything to help myself. You know, I was still at that point in time, just freshly delivered and free from, all the evil that had plagued me for many years. And I thought to myself, no way I just got free from this. I'm not going back into this again and get my hands dirty, you know, and, and having this junk come back on me again. So it took a while. Um, but once I came to that understanding that a God was serious about calling me to do this and b that I finally had enough self worth to understand why God was calling me in. I could actually be an instrument that he could work through to help people. Once that happened, then it was the greatest thing in the world to know what my purpose in life was. And from that moment forward, Dave, I never looked back and it has been an amazing journey. I, it's sort of a blur in many ways because there's been so many people you know, over the years in just about every place that you can think of, and that in itself is supernatural. So I'm very, very thankful that God does work through me in this way and the way that I could continue to endure day in and day out is by my own faith
4: bill you grew up in, in in a in a house of evil if we, if we could say that you know there may be a, a lot of our listeners who may not be familiar it's with our story since uh, and I 'll be honest with you we've grown a little bit since you were last on you know I mean we have seven radio stations that pick up this show now uh, we we're all over uh, social media on YouTube wow. and, and everywhere and and uh, you know we we have thousands of people listening in on a nightly basis now so give a brief summary, if you don't mind, your life and, and how you dedicated it to fighting the spiritual battle.
3: Yeah, and congratulations, brother. I'll tell you, I was with you from the beginning, and now to see you growing in the way that you are, uh, that is fantastic, and I just uh, will continue to pray that it just grows more and more and more. So, Thank you. Uh, fantastic job, congratulations. But for me, uh, I've written to 10 books in the first book, uh, which is called dark force. I describe the events, uh, taking place, uh, in a community called Herondale, which is located, uh, in a s- small area South of Baltimore, Maryland called Glen Burnie. And, uh, in dark force, I say that it all began when my family and I moved into a three bedroom ranch style home located in the community of Herondale, Glen Burnie, Maryland. Um, but it really goes much further back than that, Dave. I'd learned that after I'd written the book, I learned from a family member that as far back as uh, over 100 years ago, supposedly, and I have no reason uh about this, from this credible family member, uh, that two family members actually conjured up demonic forces And uh, these demonic forces came upon the family and then both sides of the family, creating what I call family bloodline curses and creating a variety of damage on both sides of the family, Uh, many untimely and bizarre and tragic deaths, just horrible circumstances from that to physical attacks. Uh, all my family and I from these demonic entities that greatly contributed to the destruction of my family. Neither of my parents lived to see the age of 50. My mother died at age 44 from a cerebral mm-hmm. hemorrhage. and My father was shot to death at age 48. And many other family members are gone as well. I have very little family left. But it was hell. It was hellish. Uh, my mother being was the first experience in the home. And it took place uh, shortly after us moving in. My dad, William Bean Sr., had taken us, I have an older sister and a younger brother. He had taken us with him for the day to my grandparents' uh, house, the Beans. And uh, he wanted to get out of there to allow my mother uh, to be able to focus on organizing the house in the way that she wanted to. And it was during the course of this, and she felt a presence come into the room, in the living room. And she uh, f- spun around fully expecting it to be my father because he had that type of sense of humor. So she thought that he was sneaking back in to play a joke on him. And when she spun around and saw nothing or no one there, she was quite unnerved by it and um, perplexed as well. But then was eventually able to collect herself and go back to doing what she was doing. And shortly after that, one of the bedroom doors slammed shut by itself, and that was enough to make her go outside and wait until we had returned. That's where it started, and then it gradually escalated into more of those types of events and then uh, escalated into violent physical attacks uh, on my family and then myself. Uh, And it was hell. It really was. Uh, My first experience, uh, first attack, took place uh, the next year at age five in 1971 and um, Dave I've probably given well over 2500 uh, media interviews in my career and every time I talk about this it just puts me right back there it was so traumatic uh, I was in my bed asleep my brother and I shared uh, the uh, first bedroom on the right you would you would go in enter into the home and the, and the house was always very dark even on the brightest of sunny in summer days the the house was dark. It had this dark brown paneling, which was almost black in color. And uh, you could just feel the vibe in that place. It was just hellish. And you'd enter into the uh, living room, make a right down a long hallway, which had uh, a hard uh, tiled floor and the dark paneling on the uh, walls. And my brother and I shared that first room on the right. His bed was closest to the window. Mine was closest to the door. And uh, I was in bed asleep one night, 1971, age five. And I was awakened uh, from my sleep by something. I couldn't see anyone there, but I felt the presence there. And uh, I, got, I was going actually started to get out of the left side of my bed, which was closest to the closet in the doorway. And I was going to go and get my parents. I was unnerved. I felt something in there. And as I started to get out of bed, a tremendous force slammed me back onto the bed, uh, pinning me to the bed. Uh, I just felt completely pinned down to that bed. And the only thing that seemed to be working uh, were my eyes. And I even tried to scream out my parents. My mouth wouldn't even work. I couldn't even scream out for my parents. I just the thinking about it now, it's just, I, I can't believe and nor can I describe in words, the severity of the situation and the level of fear and trauma that I was feeling at that time. I felt like I was going to die. I literally felt like my heart was going to jump out of my body. Uh, it was horrific and many terrible things happened during that which I'm sure is a short period of time, but it seemed like it lasted forever. And what stopped it was the appearance of what I believe was a divine angelic being that manifested at the foot of my bed. And uh, as this angelic lady manifested, all the horrible things that were happening to me suddenly stopped. Now, the most extraordinary thing about this, and, and I felt such love and peace and comfort from that entity, And protection as well. Um, But the most extraordinary thing is that the, what I believe proceeded to be an angelic uh, being looked exactly like my mother, just absolutely amazing. And then she turned to her left, floated up through the ceiling and with her departure, I could move again. And I jumped out of that bed and I ran into my parents' room and my mother was asleep in bed next to my father, and that was the beginning. I had attacks, physical attacks like that many times, from 1971, probably up until 1978. And my mother suffered far greater than I ever did. Uh, She had horrific demonic physical attacks, which began in 1975, after the departure of my father, William Bean Sr., and lasted uh, up until the time of her death uh, in 1981. So it it was hellish for everybody, Dave. It truly was. i got
4: to ask you, I mean, did you just live in a demonic home? Was there, you know, because we tie it into the paranormal where a lot of people are out there ghost hunting, you know? was, Was this just an angry ghost? Was it demonic? I mean, what was it that was you know, chasing you, your family down.
3: Yeah. You know, in retrospect, looking back on it, I think that it was demonic entities that were conjured by those two family members that came onto the family. And I think that they led my parents to that place, that home where evil was already present and manifest. And as a matter of fact, um, I didn't realize it at the time, but years later, when I started coming out with my story, I had people from that area and neighborhood contacting me, telling me what happened in their homes. And then furthermore, in the year, uh, I believe it was 2014 and 2015, I went back to the area as the spiritual warrior and actually engaged in spiritual warfare, binding, and rebuking, and casting demons out of other homes in that area. So it sort of came full circle. But that area... Uh, is a very strange area and many bizarre things have happened in the area over the years. Uh, there is a um, large and deep ravine located uh, behind that house, behind the backyard, and it's stretched for several miles. And part of that is cut off now because a large shopping mall is uh, resting on, on a part of that, but uh, it was, rumored to have been Native American grounds and even one section was rumored to be a burial ground and I can believe it because that one area looked different from the rest that's for sure and um, people did report seeing uh, Indians in their homes and and on their lands and I had one bizarre dream uh, that I'll never ever forget I was probably uh, I want to say seven years old and um, in the dream, I was uh, a soldier, Civil War, uh, on a horse. And this Native American uh, was on a horse that came up behind me and shot me in the back with an arrow. And I actually, when I woke out of that dream, I felt something come up in my mouth. I'll never, ever forget that. So the, the area perhaps uh, carried some type of Native American curses. And uh, a lot of people were affected, but I think that's why it was so severe for my family and I. From the original conjuring by those family members, and then being led to that place where evil was already present and manifest.
4: That so was your family a highly religious family at that time, or or were you non-religious, agnostic? I mean, did you believe in God? What what was going on at that point is we got about three minutes to go before we go to break.
3: My parents believed in God, but we didn't have faith-based background. We didn't, we were not baptized. So, uh, that's pretty much, and my dad was like a man's man. He was in charge of everything. And, um, himself in a situation that he couldn't control and that confounded him so much, Dave, that I'm not making excuses for my dad. He was a great man who made a lot of mistakes. Uh, However, I think, you know, being in the situation, not being in control of the situation and these supernatural things taking place, it really, he he just checked out and escaped reality by becoming uh, a raging alcoholic who regularly physically abused my mother, uh, terribly on many occasions. So I know we're coming up on a break and we can continue. If you, you just stop me when you're ready and we could continue this. But, uh, that was Helen itself that my dad, someone that I saw as a heroic figure had suddenly, uh, you know, turned into this raging alcoholic and he was severely beating my mother, uh, years of 1973 and 1975 on several occasions and uh i can recall being eight years old running out of the house having to get the police called on my father because he was just killing my mother i mean these are and and furthermore i believe that when a person is under the influence of alcohol and or a drug the frequency and vibration of that person is lowered they're wide open and vulnerable for demonic attack and so those demons will come in and just aid in a bed and just contribute to the level of torment and destruction and i think certainly that's what was taking place in my father's case
4: i mean you know what what you're saying sounds so familiar to my father and his father you know my dad growing up in the in the farmlands of alberta canada here and you know being of ukrainian descent you you were looked down upon almost like the peasants of the farming lands and you know my grandfather took that that very very seriously and and he drank a lot because of it and the violence towards my grandmother and everything and and you know my grandfather the, the, the 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 story goes uh, the family legend goes that my gran- my dad kidnapped my grandmother one night while my grandfather was in a drunken stupor. And three weeks later, my grandfather showed up on my parents' driveway where my grandmother was. And, and now this is in British Columbia. So he drove 14 hours to get there. And uh, my dad had it out with him. And apparently... Uh, my grandfather held me for the first time. I was only a couple weeks old, and from that moment forward, my grandfather never took another drink. He quit right there after holding me.
3: Praise God!
4: And uh,
3: so I never that saw that wonderful.
4: The, That's a great story. Never saw the other side. But Bill, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. When we return with Bill, Bean, the spiritual warrior. What's an exorcism like? How do we know if we're possessed? Spaced Out Radio. All right, Bill, we are clear. Uh, Just so you know, our YouTube audience can still hear us uh, as well as Twitch and our podcast, but our radio side will not be able to hear us.
3: Well, it's just fantastic to be back with you, brother, and we'll have to do this more often for sure. I'm so happy for you that this show has grown into something so big now.
4: You know what? It's uh, I don't know whether it's uh, uh, determination and hard work or just sheer naivety and stupidity, but we've uh, we, we've continued to break the the mold. You know what I'm saying?
3: I think it's great, and certainly your hard work has paid off. And uh, it's just amazing. And I I looked and I saw some of those numbers. I said, wow, it's absolutely amazing how you've grown this into – most people can't do that. Uh, It's just – so that must take a lot of hard work and tenacity to grow it into something like this. You you
4: know what? It's – well, coming from a media background, I didn't know anything different, you know, and – I I don't know what podcasting is. I I mean I know now but back then I didn't know what podcasting was. You know. And uh yeah. I you know I I don't have a problem with uh uh podcasters or or anything like that. You know, hey, the more people that want to spread the message the better. But a lot of it is I hate to say uh, amateur, but, but it's amateur. We try to do something that's a little bit, uh, yeah, uh, different, you know,
3: you've got this, you know, on the level with the coast to coast or something like that. I mean, this is, you've really grown this into a major legitimate show to where it's, it's very impressive.
4: Thank you. It's been hard work, but we got a great team of volunteers behind us and, uh, and, uh, you know, they, uh, they push me, the audience pushes and, and when you gain trust of the audience, like we've been fortunate to do, you know, they, uh, they push you to be better and they push you to, to change. They push you to, with your questioning, they push you on everything. And, and that's what they need to do. They, they need to be able to push us and we need to be able to respond. And, uh, it's it's worked i mean we're not we're not where we want to be yet i would say we're probably uh and we're we're working on our business plan now but um you know we're not where we want to be yet but we're close and uh you know we just gotta keep focused
3: and will be focused is the big one you you absolutely will be yep there's no doubt in my mind you'll be right where you want to be, I pray that that's right where God wants and needs you to be, and I just hope that it continues to grow more and more. I'm eight years again come back. That's for sure. I look back with you uh, again after this. That's for sure.
4: Well, I appreciate that, and uh, I give credit to to the team and and to our listeners because you know there are times when you just want to yeah. quit. You know, there's times when you're tired. There's times when when uh, you, you just don't want to do it. And, and, you know, when you're a podcaster, you can kind of make your own schedule. I don't feel like doing a show today. Uh, you know, I just feel like getting some sleep yeah. or I'm not feeling well. Well, the commitments we have to uh, our radio stations, but mo- more so our audience, that pushes us to – to at least it pushes me uh, to get out there and perform. I mean, this is what uh, they, you know, they, their nights rely on us. They they chose they chose to spend their. I mean, like I say to a lot yeah. of people and even a lot of podcasters who hit me up for advice. You know, the most precious thing you can give somebody is your time. This is why I don't allow insulting of my guests in my chat rooms. Yeah. You know, you can disagree but you don't insult, you know, this is why I don't, uh, you know, try and, uh, you know, I try and be very respectful of everybody because the one thing is time is very, very finite. And when somebody gives you 30 minutes or an hour or like a lot of these people, they'll, they'll sit here three hours a night, every night. And how do you not respect that? How do you not, uh, you know, say thank you. I agree. And so every time I feel like I'm just. are all down. in. Yeah, you got to go all in. And so that's why I, I push myself yeah, because awesome, they're pushing me and everything like that. Uh, Quickly here, I want to say a big thank you to Cat Jacer, Amy, Noble Patrick, Ollie, and Paramar for the Super Chats. Very much appreciate the love and support, everybody. We're going to get going right now. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Here we are the spiritual warrior Bill Bean is with us. We're going to get into exorcisms now and Bill for a lot of people out there, you know, we may have seen exorcisms in a movie, we may have seen exorcisms on TV or YouTube or whatever. You know, every you know for a while there every paranormal team seemed to have a fake exorcist on their squad who could uh battle the demons in the squared circle probably in a cage match you know i mean it it was getting ridiculous but for you this is your life this is something that you have committed to doing so i'm going to start it off easy here for a lot of people who may not understand what is an exorcism
3: well an exorcism which is a spiritual deliverance it's what the, the difference is that an exorcism is a roman catholic rite. uh So I'm not Catholic, I'm non-denomination, but I say exorcism or exorcist because that's how people identify the word. Oh, okay, that's what he does. Uh, It is evicting evil demonics.
2: Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Spirits from a person, place, or thing. And God has worked through me to perform such evictions uh, for many years now. And for people from all over the world, it's just, uh, as I said, as we started this, Dave, it's supernatural in itself. How God put the calling on me to do it because I did not choose to do this. And then everything that I had to go through, uh, um, the things that we just talked about, and then even further to where I had a life that was so terrible that I was seeking death and I was wishing for death. And then when I decided, I had an epiphany one day, I decided that I was going to really try and make God first in my life and, and just give all of the suffering. Of And it wasn't an overnight process. It was two steps forward and three steps backward. But when I got there and then I was in real and authentic, true faith, God not only saved me, but transformed my life and then put this calling on me to be this spiritual warrior, exorcist, spiritual deliverance minister, uh, to evict these demonic spirits. So, um, I'll try and be as brief on this as I can in the description, but it looks like this. When the devil, Hasatan, Satan, and a third of the angels were cast out of heaven, they, uh, the Benaiah Elohim of God, they came down, took human women, produced a hybrid offspring of giants called the Nephilim, the Nephilim were evil. Then they became man-eaters, and Yahweh caused a great flood to rid the earth of them. But some of them escaped. And this, this take a little twist here, Dave, what I'm about to say, because if I said this, it's, and I have said this in some churches, and people were aghast. If I said it in others, they'd probably call the police on me. But um, Psalm 68, 17 says the chariots of God are 20,000. So I believe God, Yahweh is his name, listed 6,823 times in the Bible, replaced with the title of Lord. So wherever you see Lord, it should say Yahweh. I believe that Yahweh created those divine chariots, uh, which are, you can call them UFOs, whatever you want to call them. Um, he created those chariots, divine Merkabah chariots. A third of the angels were cast out. They came down in those chariots, those flying chariots. And when he caused the great flood, I believe that some of them departed in those flying chariots, and then they returned after the flood waters receded. And that demand continued, and so this and it goes much deeper. We could go much further into this, um, but it continued from there. And these entities, they hate mankind because the devil, who was once very favored by Yahweh and held a very high place in heaven as a choir director praise and worship music for God. The rebellion started for two reasons. One, when the Melchizedek, the high priest, Yahshua, Jesus the Christ, was created. He certainly rebelled against that. And two, when mankind was created. And so that really kicked in the rebellion on high then and the devil hated mankind and he is the adversary to mankind and he's not destroyed for a reason and the reason is that he serves a purpose and the purpose is because of man's free will god gave us free will we're free to make choices and the devil will aid and abed and also be the prosecutor when we make a bad choice, we do something that's not pleasing to God. He will, just as God assigns angels to us, the devil will assign demons, and they will come in. So they look for openings, and man, when they see a little opening, they'll kick that door in, and then they'll create havoc. So all life, in my opinion, operates on frequency and vibration, and what the Because if into existence, then he did so by the frequency of his voice. And all life operates on that principle. Now, that's true. The devil, again, who held such a high place in heaven, was privy to some of the secrets. And he knows the frequencies and the vibrations. So in order for a person to be susceptible or demonic attack, their frequency and vibration has to be lowered in some way, shape, or form. Now, the most common thread in my cases, not all, but in a, a good deal of them, is um, child molestation, severe abuse, physically, mentally, or physically and mentally, whatever it is, is something on the order and level of causing a high level trauma and when a person just as i described to you about took place in 1971 when a person is at that high level trauma secretions come out secretions come out of the adrenal and pineal glands and that draws demons like candy they love it if you heard of adrenochrome it's along those lines And, and so demons are attracted to that and they will come on to the person and then it will require someone like me, God working through me to evict them before they go. They'll stay with that person until they are evicted. So, um, this is how people, one of the ways anyway, come under this type of thing. Other ways are through ritual, invocation, invitation you know, through Ouija boards or summonings. Others could be people that are out ghost hunting and they go into these demon-filled places and then pick up these type of attachments. Whatever the case may be, the demonic force will not leave them until they are evicted out and off and away from them by the power of God. So I'll tell you, Dave. When I first started in this, I, I was just, I was so unsure of myself, you know, and unsure, but yet at the same time, ready for the challenge. And so when I first arrived on scene, and it was a family in Maryland that has severe demonic problem taking place. Part of me. So on high alert and only yet another part had blessed assurance that this, this is what God was calling me to do. And It was the greatest thing because for the first time in my life, I felt like I had a purpose and I felt like, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And from that moment forward, you know, thousands of people later, uh, I never looked back. I just uh, I, and the more I did it like anything, the more confidence uh, that became instilled in me and the more faith, the closer I drew to God, my faith was strengthening and increasing. And so I also uh, spent prior to that four years in serious biblical studies, ancient history, ancient religion. I became a non-domination minister. And so, you know, I really, by putting in that time and that amount of study, that also helped me to build my confidence that, you know, God actually worked through me to help these people. Uh, but from that first time, you know, the, the family in Maryland, um, I never looked back. I just continued forward and it's just God has just continuously sent a flow of people to me for this spiritual help. Even tonight, I had two sessions before this show tonight i am busy every day i help people from all over the world i get contacted i can't even have my ringer on my phone anymore when you called me i just happened to look over I was sitting uh, sitting at my desk i happened to look over and saw my phone light up the ringer didn't ring i can't have the ringer on anymore so many people contact me for help the text never stopped the emails never stopped um it's supernatural in itself, also, that I'm able to sustain this because I traveled before COVID. I traveled for like six straight years nonstop. It was like being on a never ending concert tour. And I traveled everywhere, and sometimes two trips a week. And I was so burned out and exhausted from the whole process that it was getting to the point where I was waking up in hotel rooms in some city. I didn't even know where I was. It took me a minute to realize where I was. So that in itself, I praise God for helping me to uh, regenerate because, you know, then when COVID came, my travel schedule slowed down. I started doing a lot of sessions via Skype and or phone. Um, So it was uh, a hectic pace that there's no way humanly possible that I could have kept up and sustained for the amount of time that I did. And I'm very thankful that I didn't have a heart attack or a stroke or just burn out to where i was losing my mental so this is uh not for just anyone i've had people offer me money to train them and i turned it down because if you are not called to do this work then don't do it if ever there was a disclaimer to say don't try this at home it would be for this Because once you once you enter into this arena, there's no turning around. There's no turning back. There's no going back. Because now you, by the power of God working through me or whoever would be doing this, is certainly an enemy of the devil because God is working through you to help free people. So it's very dangerous. I've been in many life-threatening situations throughout my life and certainly throughout my career. As a spiritual warrior, I have had people hand their guns to me and say they wanted to shoot me. Take it. I want to shoot you right now. Try to stab me, uh, hit me, bite me, spit on me. You name it, Dave. I have encountered it, and then some.
4: Why do you think people react that way? I mean, you know, like I've seen people react uh, to holding a door open for somebody and they react with anger and vigor and vitriol. I mean, are we just in an angry time that that has enveloped the darkness of humankind? Is, is that where we are, Bill?
3: I believe so, and I'm sorry to say that, but I believe it. And in my interpretation and opinion on this, and God did not tell me this. I'd be a liar if I said otherwise, so this is strictly my opinion. I believe that... Um, God is allowing the devil to have this time to really have control in the world. And so if that's true, then he's literally trying to recreate the world in his image, after his likeness, after his God. And so therefore, if what I say is true, the world is upside down and backwards right now. And the devil's loving every second. That's order out of chaos. Everything is upside down and backwards. That's his order. And so, In my opinion, the devil uses these henchmen that are part of his satanic kingdom, call them reptilians, whatever you want to call them. They, in my opinion, again, take the orders from the devil, and they give the orders to the power elite on this earth. So the power elite are taking direct orders from these underlings, these that are taking the orders from the devil. And this is why our world is just upside down and backwards, because this is the way the devil wants it. So there's a frequency and vibration that is being pumped out everywhere. And it is designed to lower the frequency and vibration of people and to make them angry and to make them uh, negative in general to where they are just... Uh, look at some of the things that are taking place in our world, especially in America. You know, some of the craziest, most wicked and heinous things that you would ever imagine. If Eight years ago, we wouldn't be talking about some of these things. Eight years ago, they're taking place now. Uh, you, you just look and, you, you know, say eight years ago, things were starting on the decline, but not to this level. And And now it's almost like, 24-7 instant news that something happens somewhere. Uh, it's just continuous, and the devil's loving every second of this. So people are, whether you want to say they're under a spell, and perhaps the spell is the manipulation of frequency and vibration, which is having this negative adverse effect on
5: them.
4: So the idea that we may be encountering more evil, more paranormal and supernatural. I want to get into the aliens thing in the next hour because I know that's that's a big one yeah. for you as well. Do you think that more people are allowing yeah. the evil in themselves? Do do people even know that this is even happening?
3: Most people don't. They they're so oblivious can't believe that now, Dave, and I'm sorry to say this, and not everybody, but by and large, people are looking for someone to show them the way, and there are plenty of those uh, types out, out there that will do that, and they're always good people, and so people, in led governments on the earth, uh, they're not being to the truth, and I think that the, the biggest piece of this puzzle. Is, is a blatant attempt to separate mankind from God, to create that level of distortion. And when you do that, and they know this, when you do that, then you can buttons per each person to get them to where you want them to be, and that is under control. I'm sorry to say that, but I believe that's exactly what's taking place.
4: Yeah. And the reason why I ask that is I find a lot of people these days, myself included, Bill, we're running away from organized religion because, uh, you know, we've at least I'm going to speak for me here for a second. I'm a believer in God. I'm a God guy. I'm a Jesus guy. But I would never, ever walk into a church. Because the hypocrisy that surrounds today's right. re- religious leaders is very tough for me. And me being empathic, I walk into a church, it's yeah. like walking into a UFC ring, and I'm just taking headshots left, right, and center. You know, because I find that for me, what works yeah. for me now is not a church, because religion is man made spiritualism and God is, in my opinion, the almighty, Correct. but, but religion is man-made. What I do is, and I'm not saying I'm right, but this works for me. Absolutely. If I'm, if I'm feeling heavy, I go into the forest. I go into the forest and I, and I, and I pray in the forest, or I, I will go hug a tree. You know, I'm not a tree hugger. Is it an environmentalist? So but I, I'm somebody who who looks to give back and say thanks and give thanks and and try and take that energy back in. So more people are becoming that way because more people are get, growing more and more wary with organized religion. Is that part of the, the 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 place for in your case Satan or the devil doing this, or is this? Just because humanity is growing more spiritually.
3: Now, the devil's in the details, and you'd be shocked, David, how many churches over the years have called me to come to their church to perform spiritual deliverance over the pastor, the pastor's wife, family, brigands, and I'm rebuking cast demons out of their church. You'd be shocked. Um, but it is happening. It's been happening for a while now. And I find that uh, it's very sad to say that many of today's churches are falling by the way. And um, the devil's loving every second of it.
4: So that isn't something that is out of orientation with people today. It may not be their belief, but it may be that that they are picking up on that.
3: Yeah, so and and again, that's very sad in itself. And furthermore, the church starts right here from within, and and if we can be real, with God, and real with ourselves, then we can have that level of communion, entering into a real and authentic relationship. Now, it's great if you want to go to a brick and mortar building to gather and assemble with who are in real and authentic praise and worship of our glorious God. That's wonderful. But unfortunately in today's world, and not all, I'm not condemning all churches, but there are many and they know who they are. And more importantly, God knows who they are. The pastor's an entertainer. He's a clown. Uh, The people laugh at him. They think he's so funny and he'll do anything and everything to get them to come in and to keep them. And most importantly, get their money. And then... Uh, the people start to emotionally invest. And when people emotionally invest into someone or something, that becomes like almost an addiction, you know? And so these pastors up today, many, are worshipped. And the people aren't going in to worship God. They're going in to worship the pastor. And that is a disservice to God, and that is the beginning of the fall for these churches.
4: With 90 seconds to go, for people to bless their house, to bless their car, to bless their family, their pets, what do they need to be doing right now?
3: Uh, be real with God, and and if uh, for anybody that would want that, if they didn't, if they wanted to do it themselves, then they could go to my website and, and get the prayers uh, off of the website, house blessings, and things of that nature, um, and daily warfare prayers as well. It's very important. Uh, Knowledge is power, and I've got some good teaching on my site, uh, some very strong prayers that you can say, but you have to mean it. You know, the intent is everything. And so um, people can invoke the power of God, uh, whether it is something that's affecting them or their family or, you know, in the home or the property. They could say the house blessing prayers and the land blessing prayers as well. And of course, if there are people out there that want or need my services, then you can contact me via my website and I'm very busy, but I promise you that it will get back to you as quickly as I can and get you scheduled. But uh, I try to do everything that I can to make people aware and give them good wisdom and knowledge to be able to fight against the enemy uh, in the day to day, because most people don't realize we're all in spiritual battle on a basis and again most people do not realize this so we need wisdom and knowledge to be able to invoke the power of God over our lives to be able to combat this
4: Bill I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the top sure. of the hour one hour down one hour to go here with Bill being the spiritual warrior exorcism and deliverances we'll get more into that what about aliens are they from Beelzebub himself, or are they from another world? We will chat with Bill Bean, the spiritual warrior, in our number two, and many others. If you have questions, put them in capital letters, and we will ask Bill as well. Space Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. That's awesome, Bill. Thank you.
3: All right, we are clear. Well, we've got quite a dialogue, and I'm trying to trim things down because I don't want to get too long-winded on you.
4: Oh, you're doing great. You're doing great. Our audience is loving you uh, tonight.
3: That's right. So I'm, I'm condensing a little bit, but there's – and there's a lot to this. And these churches, Dave, you're right. I wouldn't set foot in most of them unless they were repenting for what they're doing because they are uh, – a lot of these people are charlatans, and they. they you think that some of these pastors – would go if somebody said, Oh, can you come to my house? And I've got that. They go, you're crazy. I'm not trained in that. What do you go see a psychiatrist? I can't help you. And and a lot of people that come to me for help are turned away like that.
4: Mm-hmm. You know, I'll tell you a funny story right across the green belt, right across the green belt behind me here. Actually, it's that way, that way. Uh, there is a, a church in my community oh. and I used to have a beautiful view at the stars, until they they put up these new security lights, that that shine right across the greenbelt into my in onto my patio, so I asked them, I asked them point blank. I said, "Is there any possible way?" I said, um, "Your your your new security lights are 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 affecting my star watching, stargazing, because we get the northern lights here." We get a lot of satellites. We get yeah. a lot of you know beautiful things in the sky here. And I said, would you mind just pointing them down a little bit? Could we do that? I got a message back from the church saying, um, uh, no, we're not moving our security lights. We hope that you pray to God for a solution to your problem.
3: There, there you, you go. It's just unbelievable. And and I just there's like, no...
5: Ugh.
3: Yeah. Now what? You're supposed to walk in there and uh, embrace those people? and uh, No. <laughs> it's happened. Uh, so now by their... My
4: brother of my brother, unless it's under their rules. As long as it's under their rules.
3: Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, it, it's just, it's unreal. And this is taking... Over not America, but in your area, uh, in different parts of the world as well, and this is why people are leaving in droves, and that is a disservice to God, and it's very sad and unfortunate. And it is also the type that when the day comes down, and God has brought forth destruction, and some of these people, uh, they're going to go to Jesus and say, "Oh, I cast demons out in your name. I did this and that." He's going to say, "Depart from me, you worker." iniquity for you, and so this is your people like you're describing the the mega churches these joel osteens and all these types um they are deceivers and they are making a lot of money just
0: oh, and it is oh, very yeah.
3: very sad and unfortunate but it shows you how weak and vulnerable people because looking for somebody to show them the way And unfortunately there are many of these wolves in sheep's clothing that are and just out fleecing them.
4: Bill, are you telling us you don't have a 27,000 square foot house, your own jet and three Ferraris in the garage? Is that what you're telling
3: us? No, no. I got some guitars back there, but uh, no, I live very modestly. And, um, I'm thankful to God for the things that I do have. And I'm thankful that he provides and helps me to make a living to be able to support my wife and I. Um, But there's no lavish. Matter of fact, if I had millions, I'd probably give away because that's my M.O. I always give to people and want to give. Um, It's just I'd much rather give than receive. So I wouldn't be a millionaire for long because I'd be giving massive amounts of money away to people.
4: I hear you there. I hear you there. Hey, uh, a lot of people are asking about your guitar collection behind you there. What do you What do you got there? Looks like is that yeah? Looks like a Gibson Les
3: Paul. Um, a Gibson on the end. Yeah, and then um, it's a Jackson next to that. Um, let me see if I can. I don't want to mess up the. I'll see if I can move the camera so maybe you can see it better. There's a uh, two Epiphones. So in the middle of that is a non-brand, almost like, and you know, uh, Dave, that that one there's no name on the head. I found that on eBay or someplace. Got that is one of the best playing guitars in the collection, and, and it's cheapest. And and so on the end are two Epiphones, and then above that, I don't want to mess this camera up, but I'm sorry. Gonna...
4: Yeah, your oh, there it is. It's another Jackson there. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. we're talking. Now we're talking. Uh, is that a Kramer there as and well? And there's
3: my, my amp over there. That's, they're Jackson's. Oh, cool. Yeah. The red one's a Jackson. I love
4: Jackson's. The
3: uh, purple was a Fender. The uh, wood color's a Jackson. Um, ESP on the end. And then that green one's a Mitchell. Oh, okay.
4: Yeah, that green one looks like a Kramer almost.
3: And then, yeah, yeah, it's a Mitchell. It plays like a Kramer. Very nice. And then let me see if I can give you
4: a shot over here.
3: There's some more over there.
4: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Les Paul Holland in in our
3: chat room is going to go crazy. Yeah, yeah my goodness jackson's in that one as well esp uh, johnson oh, I'm so... uh that one there's a tooth. so the two on the hold end on, are bill cheapies. hold on we, we got to run and here. i don't even know what the brand is there
4: hold on bill here we go okay
3: you're listening to spaced out radio with dave scott follow dave on twitter
0: at spaced out radio and on facebook spaced out radio show
4: our number two of Spaced Out Radio is underway tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Waftier. Waftier is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with The Spiritual Warrior. Bill Bean is back, and I'm telling you, we're going to get heavy into exorcisms, deliverance, aliens. we got a busy hour, too. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Give us your website once again so our listeners can reach out to you.
3: And I thank you again, brother. My website is www.billjbean.com. Billjbean.com. And um, you can email me, contact me directly from the site, and I'll get back to you as quickly as I can. Or uh, my assistant, Melinda, back to you.
4: All right, let's get into. Uh we talked about what an exorcism is in the last half hour. You have been a part of some of these. Yeah. But, you know, what is that like? Take us can you tell us a story of one that you took part in?
3: I could tell you many that have come right off the top of my head, but the, the first time that I was involved in an exorcism took place in the 80s. And that was before I was this spiritual warrior. So it was my story was continuing. And a loved one had come under demonic possession for 20 days. And um, a Catholic priest was called in. And I ended up actually assisting. And I was not the spiritual warrior then, but I'd uh, be for assistance in that exorcism. And the, uh, the family member was, uh, finally free from it after 22 days. You just wouldn't believe some of the things that happened there, Dave. Um, and the priest, after that was over with, the, the priest was sent away to a facility, and uh, he lived out the rest of his days in a facility that the Catholic Church had sent him to, and it took a private investigator, a close friend of mine that uh, actually had to put in a lot of work to track this priest down because the church was saying that no such priest existed. And he finally tracked the uh, the priest down to this facility and did an interview with him. But uh, he was so greatly affected. there that he was put into that facility for a priest to uh, uh, live out the days away from the rest of the world and um, i saw just the now and what was a result of what was still following me from childhood and at one point um A deep masculine voice spoke through this uh, woman saying, why don't you just give up and join us? And I said, who are you? I said a name, which I won't repeat. But um, superhuman strength took place. Levitation. The eyes changing to all black. The voice changing to a deep and masculine voice. Uh, The entity making fun and mocking me of my lack of biblical knowledge because at that time I any scripture i just picked a bible up i didn't know i couldn't recite any scripture to you and and so the entity was absolutely mocking and tormenting and i did everything that i could do at that time to bind and rebuke and cast out but it didn't end until that priest got involved uh and it was 22 days of hell I will never, ever forget it. And I'm forever grateful to God for freeing my loved one and uh, for helping me to be able to... I got to tell you, I mean, imagine the instance of something like this. If you are just a regular person, you are not, you know, where I am now. My, I felt my knees, like my knees wanted to buckle out from under me. He's a big, strong guy, you know. I was a power lifter. I was very physically... You know, intimidating individual and powerful individual. But when you're faced with something like that, I don't care how physically strong you are. Uh, you unless you've got God with you, you're, you're in trouble. And um, so I'm thankful that it all did turn out well. Um, so that was my first exposure to a full became. A, a minister, and spiritual deliverance minister, a spiritual warrior. Um, some cases that stand out and there are many. One case was a young man um, and I write about this in my new book Tales from an Exorcist. Um, the young man was his mother had called me and she was frantic because because uh, I had come under full demonic possession. And um, she s- and other family members saw the eyes change and other physical characteristics and superhuman strength and growls and shrieks. And he started physically assaulting the family members, his mom and the family members. So they contacted me. And I, I go out to where this uh, family is, out nowhere, nothing but And, um, he did not want me there, number one. And, uh, it took a while before I could even get him to come anywhere near me. I tried to shake his hand he backed off, put his head down and I continued to pray. And when I go into these situations, Dave, first thing I do, um, is I say a lamb blessing prayer. So when I get out of the vehicle, I say a lamb blessing prayer, and then I will enter into the home, anoint all of the people present with a combination of holy water, holy oil, and holy salt. I will say several more prayers, including a house blessing prayer. And then I sit down with the family or victim and whoever's present, i become every bit as much a counselor as I am. And I have to know what's going on. And I have to know the deep and dark stuff. It's not that I want to know everybody's deep and dark stuff. But when it comes to these things, I have to know it. Because it's all about breaking legal rights. And the more this stuff comes up and out and off, it's like the links of the chains are popping. And so uh, the mother and family told me, you know, quite a bit of information. And at one point, and it took a while, uh, the young man asked if he could speak with me privately. And so uh, we went into the kitchen dining room area and sat down, and he started to tell me some very disturbing things. He said he was sexually abused, and bullied, and was just very angry because of it and he decided that he was going to make a deal with the devil and sell his soul and uh, according to him he did just that and then he joined a, uh, a satanic coven they were doing ritual sacrifice on animals he was casting spells on people and he felt that he'd become empowered by making this deal with the devil and i say in the book that No such deals exist the devil will use and abuse and then trash you when he's done with you throw you away like yesterday's garbage it's all about kill rob and destroy but he and he found this out because when the devil had stopped using him to do this wickedness against others he started physically attacking him and then a full demonic possession took place and so he Told me everything and it was gut wrenching. I mean, we sat there. Sometimes, Dave, just a dialogue of someone telling you all their, their deepest and darkest, it can go anywhere from an hour to some guesses five to seven hours of sitting to someone, give you their French dialogue, one story and situation after another. That in itself is exhausting. But then You know, after I get all the information, then it's time to go into what I call warrior mode. You know, this level of faith, strength and courage to uh, engage these demonic forces in spiritual warfare, bind and rebuke and cast them out. And so it is a process. And during this process, and it's all in the book, you know, that there were many struggles, uh, a chair. Uh, flew by itself across the room. This boy had uh, was shrieking and screaming and shaking and um, was resisted to me and more importantly to God in every way until he wasn't. And in that situation, it was an endurance contest. And so i said probably a hundred times, you yeah, know, we rebuke the Jesus name. I bind and rebuke you and I cast you out and off and away from him. And I I guarantee I said at least a hundred times and it was a wearing down process. Now, in some cases, when I do this, they'll go. But in other cases like that, young man, man, they were fighting and it took a while for them to leave him. And when these demonic forces leave someone, just imagine someone grabbing you by your shirt collar and like you're on your tiptoes against the wall. And then when they let you go, you know, you drop, you slump. And that's exactly what happens in these cases is uh, when these demonic forces are finally evicted, they let go and the victim will slump and then they'll start to cry. And uh, that's exactly what happened in this case. And, and after he was set free, um, I renewed his everlasting covenant with God and then um, baptized him. And after that, it's not over. I have to go through the entire house and make sure that there are no demons hiding or lurking anywhere in the house. And in this case, I went through and then after that was over with, we went to his room and we got a big trash bag and put all of his daggers, all of his demonic paraphernalia, everything. We put it in a big trash bag. And I... And rebuking and cast all the demons and strongholds that were attached to those objects. And then I disposed of that junk for him. And so I left that place exhausted, yet at the same time feeling 10 foot tall because I knew that God would be to free that young man. He was okay and he was going to be okay. And the family was okay and was going to be okay. And the family, you know, they were so elated, they all hugged me. Uh, it really turned out to be a wonderful thing, but it was very severe severe to the point to where now, you know, my physical safety is in jeopardy here. And that's happened many times throughout my career and God has protected me every time. And I thank you and praise him for it. But another, um, another one that really stands out that's coming to mind right now took place in a very large home. Um, in the book, I, both of those cases, I put different locations to it. I don't want to expose the identities of the victims. But uh, it's a very large home. And uh, this was a a middle-aged lady who was under full demonic possession. She actually tried to throw herself over the second story banister to her death and was pulled back, praise God. Um, That's amazing. The exorcism was completed. Yeah, you, you just wouldn't believe Dave, I'm telling you, you. I listed the things that I've seen and experienced and been a part. We, we'd be all night. We'd be rolling all night on this show.
2: Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
3: Um, so after the person was delivered and the exorcism was complete I had to go through the home and I went through the entire home and then I got upstairs and there was a wide set of steps that went up to like an attic area and the attic converted into like a master bedroom so I went up the stairs and to my right there was a lamp there and it was uh, well started over there, buking and casting out any demons that might be hiding or lurking in the area. Then I made my way to the other side, which was dark. It was not lit, but there was very dark. And on that side, there was a window to the right. It looked like one of those double windows and no curtains, no shades, nothing. And then i say, say, um, six or so feet across was a ventilation shaft and standing in between the window and that ventilation shaft and the moonlight was coming through that window so it lit that area up and standing in between that was an entity that was at least ten feet tall it had red eyes it was a hooded with glowing red eyes and it even had points wings that folded in and the points came up on the, uh, on the shoulders. Oh my. And I was probably within 10 feet. Yeah. I was probably within 10 feet of that entity. Now think about this, what I'm saying to you, I'm standing in front of something in a case under normal circumstances If God's power was not on me and within me, most people would turn and run. They would faint. They would soil themselves, anything and everything you can imagine. I had to withstand this. This entity is within 10 feet of me. And I had a Bible in this hand and my shaker with my holy mixture in this hand. And it was only by the power of God that I could stand there. And I said, by the mighty power of Yahweh and his mighty and holy name, Yahshua, Jesus, the Christ's name, I bind and rebuke you, and I cast you out. And I shook the shaker three times, and this thing let out a screech like I've never heard before, and it was so loud that it rattled the windows. Oh, my. I'll Ever forget that as I live.
4: We've got five minutes to go. I want to get to a couple audience questions here. And let's go to Miss Anonymous here. Bill, do you have any good tips on starting on on shadow work, on, on trying to get rid of shadows and all
3: that? Yeah, and I believe that there there are several sources for that. And I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Uh, number one, it's in the demonic realms because anything that is in the shadows uh, is not of God, because God is light, and God is, if an angel of God were, and I've had many divine angelic encounters as well, by the way, uh, when angels to us, they let us know that they are angels, and they present themselves that way, and if God is sending a message with an angel, then angel will tell us, but in the shadows, in the darkness, it's demonic, it's covert, it's deception, it is hidden, and so uh, you need to take power and authority over them as well, Yahweh rebuked Jesus' name depart. So if you see a shadow figure like that, say that. Now, I will say this. uh, In more cloak and dagger terms, it is quite possible because I've done research into this, and I've had many experiences with UFOs and government agencies and track things of that nature surveilling me. And it is possible that these alphabet agencies and clandestine organizations do possess that type of technology to where they can—and I don't begin to know how they can do it—but they have that to where they can be in that cloaked shadow form and somehow get into your home through technologies that we can't understand, which more than likely is fallen angel technology, and and do that level of surveillance. And I have encountered something like that one time in my life. Um, Isis shadow entity. And it's all me. And and so I caught it out of the corner of my, to my left. And I immediate, I'm hypersensitive to these things, Dave, as you can imagine. And I, I caught it out of the corner of my eye and I turned square. And when I turned like that, the thing took these really steps and went right through the bookcase. And oh, I my. jumped up and I said, by the mighty power of Yahweh, it is mighty and holy name, Yahshua, Jesus, in Christ's name, I bind and rebuke you. And I command you to depart and never come back. And another thing that I have to do is seal portals, because obviously if that thing walked through a bookcase, then there had to be some type of portal there in order for it to walk through the bookcase. So I said, uh, I declare, Every single portal above the home, below the home, to the sides of the home, and inside the home to be closed, shut locked, chained, and padlocked to the devil and his minions forevermore in Jesus' name. And I say, furthermore, Father, I ask that you have a giant warrior angel guarding every closed portal 24 hours a day, seven days a week for life. So we have to be very thorough. And not only very thorough, Dave, I have to be in control. I've been in situations, again, like I described earlier, life-threatening situations. It helped me to overcome that, but I had to remain in control as well. And so if you're in a situation like that and you're attacked and you lose control, well, now everybody's going to suffer because you've lost control of the situation and it's over with. So I praise God to always maintain control of the situation. That's easier said than done. God has been with there, with me, and for me to do just that. So many times, and I'm so thankful for it. But I've had so many experiences with these things—non-human-looking alien types of beings. Um, unbelievable amounts of uh, video and footage of these uh, UFOs coming to me. I was not seeking to them; uh, seeking them, that they came to me. Uh, that took place on a regular basis. 1995 and 2008, and um, I've had just about every type of experience that you can think when it comes to the supernatural realms. I've written two books called Stranger Than Fiction um, that connect all the dots. I believe that all of this is connected, very much so. So whether it is uh, demons or ghosts or uh, UFOs or aliens or whatever it may be, all of these things, Bigfoot, uh, this is something that I failed to mention. I'll say it right now When the Beni elohim the sons of god were cast out of heaven again They came down took human women had sexual relations with them produced a hybrid offspring of giants called the nephilim The nephilim went into the forest and the fields and they had unnatural sex acts with apes bears dogs wolves and you name it Those are the bigfoot sasquatch Sabe creatures. They are every bit as much supernatural as they are a thin blood creature
4: and on that note we're going to break at the bottom of the hour here we have Bill Bean for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio when we return aliens are they ours? are they theirs? are they evil? are they our brothers from another space journey? We're going to get into it with Bill Bean, the spiritual warrior, on Spaced Out Radio next. Right after this, stay tuned. We continue the second half of the show next. Ah, the Sasquatch. You caught me off guard with that one, man. You caught me off guard with that one.
3: Yeah, and it's all true. I've had those experience with them as well. And, uh, in a lot of the cases, not all, but a good amount, the people were having, uh, the demonic hauntings and all these things and, and the UFOs and the Bigfoot involved in the cases. One case, uh, in Maryland and stealing the chickens, the chicken coop and, uh, the people had as a land there and the, uh. The, the man of the house, he went into the woods and found all these crazy structures, found dung like he's never seen before. And this guy was a hunter and a military man as well. He never saw dung like that before. And, uh, and they were hearing the whoops and the screams and everything in the woods. And then I went into the woods when I went up there to perform the deliverance. I went into the woods where he described these things. And I saw the structures for myself. And I did a binding and rebuking and casting out. I said, look, you are scaring these people, and I command you to depart at once. Now, I didn't see them appear to me in physical form, but I felt them leave. And another time in Gloversville, New- oh, I'll never forget it. It was uh, 10 degrees, and the, and the winds were howling, it was snowing, and um, these people had demonic problems on their property and also had a large amount of land. And I went into the woods that night. And I, you could, I had uh, four guys with me, including the homeowner, and you could feel the presence in the woods. And I said the same thing. And then when I said it, you could feel the presence leave. It was. And and again, Dave, the only way that I could do these things would be by the power of God. I'm telling you right now, you're talking about dangerous, dangerous stuff. That without them go south very quickly.
4: Well, I uh I had a Bigfoot encounter back in October. And uh it was pretty impressive seeing him. He was about ten to twelve feet. We found a couple days later we went back, found the sixteen inch prints. I believe it. Oh yeah. I will tell you this though Bigfoot doesn't bigfoot doesn't scare me what scares me is what is around it we in that location a couple weeks previous to that sighting in that same location the minute we drove up that logging road bill it was there was something terrifying something terrifying up there and like the dog man or uh i don't know but the minute I, three of us had different reactions. I was driving, and everywhere I looked, yeah. I was seeing uh, paridolia of alien gray faces in trees, in the bushes, in the shrubs, all along the side I of the believe road. It. And my my other, I'm going
3: to st- send you a picture. I'm going to send you a picture.
4: Yeah, and. We got up there. Exactly.
3: What you're saying yeah. lines up with something that I experienced.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And when we got out there, up Go there, uh, my friend got a telepathic message to not take his gun out of the truck. Otherwise, something horrible was going to happen. So he left his gun his gun in the vehicle. Because we're in the wild, okay? Like, up here, Bill, there's a lot of animals that will kill you. We got grizzly bears, black bears, yeah. mountain lions, uh 1200 pound moose okay a lot of things that could kill you up here and and uh, yeah the energy was so intense I wouldn't even let my son out of my vehicle and I kept my vehicle running just in case none of us none of us left within 10 feet of our vehicle okay and we have a big area where if anything came out of the trees we could be in our vehicle within a second. Okay, within a second. Yeah. And uh, like we even left the doors open like I've never done that, but that's how eerie it was. And then two weeks later, uh, completely different, whatever there was gone. And uh, and that's where we um, saw the Sasquatch that night, about 100 yards from us.
3: Like you. I have the 16 inch footprint right where I live now in Annapolis, Maryland. We're surrounded by woods. We've heard the screams, um, the Yelps. Also, they left me a rock. It was like a potato sized rock carved in a heart. Yeah. And I have video. I'm going to send you some photos and I have a photo similar to what you're saying. It yeah. has all of these other types of faces in the photograph with the creatures.
4: Oh, yeah. We only got about 10 seconds here. Thank you to all our super chatters tonight. We very much appreciate it. I'll give the rundown at the next half hour. Uh, we're going to kick off the next half hour right now, guys. and half of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. The Spiritual Warrior, Bill Bean, is with us until the top of the hour here. What a great show we are having here tonight, and we thank Bill for coming on in. BillJBean.com. BillJBean.com is his website. Bill, thank you so much for joining us, my man.
3: No, it's my pleasure, brother. It's been great. And uh, it won't be eight years. I hope not anyway, before we uh, get together and convene, reconvene on your show.
4: I guarantee, I guarantee it will
3: be sooner
4: (laughs) than eight years. Sooner than eight years I want to get into the They're I want disgusting. to get into the aliens thing with you here because you know for a lot of people yeah. out there they have had their own alien extraterrestrial experiences whether it's with the creatures themselves or whether it's with UFOs in the sky flying around and now that UFOs over the last few years have really taken a rise in attention in the media in the public in the government in the military you know. What's your thoughts on everything that's going on here right now?
3: It's all leading somewhere. And I believe that where it's leading to is the attempt by the devil to literally take the world over, but God is not going to allow this. So it's, it's leading to the final showdown. So all these things are being revealed. And again, again, they're being revealed in increments. A lot more could be revealed, but uh, they're not going to do that. So it's sort of like spoon feeding the masses right now that A, you know, these beings and craft are real and B, they are uh, on planet Earth in a variety of ways. And so this is very much a spoon feeding process that is leading to something uh, absolutely just earth shattering a momentous event I truly believe this and again if if what I say is true that and there are 70 scriptures in the Bible that talk about this uh, the divine chariots of God Yahweh if in fact uh, these chariots um are on both sides, divine, used by angelic forces and the demonic forces. And then there is the another factor out there that in the vastness of Yahweh's creation, in these other planets and maybe other universes as well, um, there has to be life there. He, he, why would he create something like that and only make life on planet Earth? I, I'm sorry, I just don't buy that. Uh, So there has to be life elsewhere out there. And perhaps they're involved in this as well in some capacity. So there's three sources for the sightings and communications. And then the fourth would be that our governments um, have this technology now. And some think that, uh, and it is quite possible, that they have made deals with some of these evil aliens uh, for technology to have these types of flying vehicles now. So I believe that there are four sources for this. And I do believe that it is leading somewhere. And I think that this comes down to what the media may say at some point is an alien invasion. And I know it all sounds so far fetched, but trust me, the truth is stranger than fiction. And uh, it is quite possible that. If, in fact, something like that does develop, it will not go unanswered. And that's when you are going to see the fine Merkabah chariots of God and those divine entities and beings engaging them and destroying them. So literally, in my opinion, it is quite possible that this leads to all hell breaking loose on this planet.
4: There's a number of ways it could go, you know, and I've debated religious friends on this as well because, like, I, I believe a god is the alpha and the omega. That's the way yeah. I, I believe. You know, the, the, I'm a creationist, a, you know, the be-all and end-all. But science has also proven that as of right now, the universe is infinite, and my question, always to leading towards that, is you know if if we go by a biblical text that says you know we were you know God uh, built this uh, earth on, in six days and on the seventh day He rested. Who's we? Number one, we don't know how long His day was, so He could have been creating. A, he could have been creating other life forms out there that advanced faster, or already had created other life forms out there. Uh, and decided, well, hey, this is a nice little place to set up a little, you know, he, I mean, he, he may have gone, you know, all Bob Ross on this. Oh, well, we're just going to put a pretty little green blue planet right over here, you know, and. I wouldn't and, doubt it. Yeah, I wouldn't and, doubt and that for so a second. It, it amazes me, though, because I have had extraterrestrial experiences. I've had the good. I've had the bad. I've had the ugly. And I'm not mm. saying all aliens are real or are good. And I'm not saying all of them are bad. But I do, I do believe, or pardon me, my argument on that is I don't believe that it is as biblical as they think because we don't know if God created other life forms before us or after us that advanced in technology a lot quicker than us.
3: I'll give you this little tidbit here. When Cain slew his brother Abel, Yahweh said to him, I'm taking you, I'm putting a mark on you. And I'm taking you. You're evicted. You're out of the garden. And he goes, you can't evict me out of the garden. You can't send me out there. If you send me out there, they will kill me. Who are they? Think about that for a second. Who are they? He said to God, if you displace me and evict me out of the garden, you send me out there, they're going to kill me. Out where? And who is out there that are going to kill him? So there were other beings that God created that were outside of the garden that Cain feared to go out there to because he feared that they would kill him. So there you go. That's, uh, you know, that that's something from the Bible there that you will not hear that in the churches, but it is very much there. And so Cain was afraid that when Yahweh was evicting him out of the garden, that he was putting him out there outside of the garden where others were going to kill him.
4: I get that, and I and I can understand that. But I mean, the the problem is, you know, from what I'm hearing, you know, fifty percent of the government believes that we have been in contact, and there's nothing to worry about. The other fifty is uh, worried that uh, it's Beelzebub's uh, astral team coming down to to sh- shoot some uh, some hellfire and brimstone down on us, man.
3: Well. I could say this, and, and again, this is from a biblical perspective. History does repeat itself, and if you go back to Sodom and Gomorrah, Nineveh, and these places that where the people were doing wickedness, and um, God brought his wrath on those people, and hellfire and brimstone did come down, but in my opinion, they came down from fine craft that sent down those types of destructive devices upon the earth. So it's nothing new under the sun. I absolutely believe that Yahweh created these life forms outside of our universe. And furthermore, um, like you say, there could be an infinite amount of planets and universes. We have no idea. We don't even know. You know, when you really think about this, if we don't use our full brain capacity, which has been said that we only use a small percentage of brain capacity. Well, that means, say, if we're using 10% of brain capacity, there's 90% of something going on around us that we cannot see, hear, feel, or touch. Can you imagine? Very true. So, again, uh, there could be so many different life forms that are around us that we have no perception of, and it takes us right back to what you were saying a few minutes ago, about being in that area to where those alien types of beings were in that area that were far more frightening to you than any of those, uh, creatures. I believe that because I have a photograph, uh, from, was it last year? I think that, uh, I, a wooded area near where my home is. I took this photograph and, and it showed pretty much what you were describing there. Um, so I, I know it's real. I've had these personal encounters, as you have as well, and, uh, but I don't pretend to know how God did this and, and how many beings he created and where he created them. We just don't know that, but they are real, and, and I do believe that uh, some of them are here on planet Earth now.
4: Do you believe, then, that we have been contacted or visited by other life forms outside of this planet?
3: Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And there are those in the alphabet agencies, in the dark shadows and clandestine places that they know this. And then they're probably still having regular communication. And furthermore, for all we know, I've done a lot of research into it. There are places like Area 51, Dulce, New Mexico, uh, Fort Meade, Maryland, and other places that have supposedly these underground alien installations where these beings exist underground, and they are part of uh, cooperation projects between uh, man and, and these beings. And uh, many think that this is how we've got this gigantic technological leap over the last 100 years.
4: Very true. Very. True. So should we be afraid of aliens?
3: Well, I'll say it like this. And I didn't come on your show to preach a sermon, but I came to speak truth. If we, this is up to every individual, I can't force or twist anybody's arm to believe anyway, nor do I want to. But for me, I don't have any fear of anyone or anything. And I'll tell you why. Because God is first in my life. I trust in him one million percent. He has saved me. He has transformed my life. And he continues to bless me. More than I could ever imagine. I had a life that was so bad, Dave, that I was seeking death. And now I have a life that's so blessed that I wouldn't trade my life with anybody's life on planet Earth. So for me, I have to continue to get first. And he blesses me and protects me and empowers me. So that for me, that's the only way.
4: Let's get some audience questions here, if you don't mind. And let's start with... Sure. uh, We had that question. Blue Cruise here. Are demons the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim?
3: It's been said that, and it is quite possible. Um, The Nephilim were wicked because um, the the men uh, tried to sustain them with food and then couldn't sustain them, and they started eating the men, so they became man-eaters. And uh, so the Nephilim, again, were part angel and part human being, So they were supernatural creatures, but they also had human characteristics. And they certainly, according to the scriptures, were man-eaters. So they loved flesh. And uh, so when they were eradicated most from the earth by the great flood, it's possible that those spirits roam the earth. And we could go back to the book of Job on this, to where the devil actually checks in with God. And he says to the devil, where have you been? He says, I've been roaming the earth, up and down the earth, to and fro in the dry places. And so it is quite possible that when um, these Nephilim were most were eradicated from planet earth, then they were disembodied demonic spirits that were seeking human host bodies.
4: All right, let's go to Blue Cruise again. Is there any truth to Jesus communicating with or being connected to aliens?
3: Nothing biblical, but I will say this. Um, well, I say nothing biblical, but at the same time, perhaps maybe because uh, the star of Bethlehem, I think that that was a, a UFO that led those wise men there and others. And uh, I don't believe that, that that was just some random star uh, that was under intelligent control. So it is very possible that um, Yahshua, Jesus to Christ, And you think about it, if he is the son of the Most High God, Yahweh Elohim, if he is the son, then certainly he would be privy to having any and every type of supernatural experience that you could imagine, which would mean that he would have these connections, interactions with, and scripturally also, he told the apostles that he had other sheep, and other flocks that he tended to. So perhaps he was referring to some type of otherworldly beings. I can't say for sure, but I would imagine, you know, when you're talking about the Christos, the Christ, one that Yahweh saves through, I would imagine he would be privy to anything and anything. And think about this too, Dave. When Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, And the devil came and tempted him. Who could come to the Son of God and take him to a pinnacle, a high place, to see it all? And he said, if you get on your knees and worship me, it's all yours. Number one, just that statement alone would indicate to me that the devil... Felt that it was his birthright to have the world. So that's a whole other topic for another show. Secondly. He took the Christ. The Christos. Took him. Okay. So in my opinion. He took him on a flying craft. And went up. And perhaps there was computer screens. Inside of the craft. That showed him the world. And said look if you get down and worship me. It's all yours. So there are scriptures in there. That could lead in that direction of such an otherworldly type of uh, experience. And and again, I say, if the Christ, uh, you know, being the Son of God, he would be privy to any and every type of experience, including this type of extraterrestrial experience as well.
4: Let's go to Science Bob here. Our resident scientist who is asking, what kind of training does an exorcist get before they get to do one?
3: Well, I'll tell you this right now. For me, that's supernatural in itself as well, because usually people go to schools or they go to seminary school or whatever. And a lot of people, even in the seminary schools, um, priests are terrified. They don't want to be a part of something like that. So this, A, has to be a calling from God. I would never have done this was never in my thoughts ever to do this, but it was, God chose me to do it. So when he chose me to do it, I spent four years in serious biblical studies. And as part of those studies, I studied about spiritual deliverance, exercise. No man ever taught me how to do this. Um, but I did study about things and then God guided me in it. It might sound like crazy talk, but I'm telling you the truth. No man guided me in any of this. I did the work as far as studies But then God did his part as far as literally helping me to do the right things and say the right things, what I believe are effective and have been effective in helping thousands of people all around the world. So I can't speak else. But in my case, it was a very supernatural calling and almost, uh, Dave, I would never claim to be anything. You, You know, I would never say I'm anything special or anything. I just don't. I won't. But I will say this, that God has given me gifts, and he gives me a knowing of things. So it's like an automatic knowing of what to do and what to say, and that's how this came about in the actual warfare preparation and engaging in this type of spiritual warfare.
4: Let's continue on here. We have a question coming in from the U.K. with Tony. Bill, have you ever come across the infamous Men in Black?
3: I sure have on a couple of occasions. You know, one time, uh, it was in Maryland, and I had a lawn service at the time. It was probably like 1997, and I was having a lot of UFO. I didn't seek these things. They came to me, and I started documenting them in 1995. My phones were tapped. Uh, vehicles barely meet black copters. That still goes on to this day. And um, this one particular day, I had a lawn service back then. I was going to cut uh, a client lawn. No one was home. And as a matter of fact, the people didn't even live there anymore. They had moved to Virginia, but they were maintaining the property. The house uh, was going to be property or something. So they paid me to cut the lawn, maintain the property. I pull up on this hot summer day. And there is a white utility truck with no markings on it. And there was um, a guy in the bucket on the pole, the utility pole in front of the house. When I pulled up and got out, I gave a brief glance and I just felt strange. I did not feel good at all. And I went, got my stuff, my mower and weed whacker and everything off the truck, started my preparation. And then the bucket starts coming down. The guy's coming down. And he had on um he was very, and I've seen this before with tonic entities, having this chalky white skin. And this guy had chalky white skin. He was in uh military fatigues, camos, pants, and then like the uh brown-looking military t-shirt. And he had these thick black, he had black hair, and he had these thick, I mean the thickest black glasses I've ever seen in my life and he came down and we were probably within 15 feet of each other and um I was boy I just felt I can't describe the feelings like my skin was crawling and um I said hi how you doing the voice the guy repeated back to me in this robotic type of voice hi how you doing like almost like a terminator type of and man when he said that it's just like my skin was absolutely crawling he stepped out of the bucket and had these thicker than thick black glasses on staring at me and then just slowly robotically moved got into the truck and it was almost like I was being guided away from him I went towards the right side of the house and he got into the truck and the truck took off And so I called after it was over with, I called the homeowner in Virginia. And I said, this guy was, uh, it was a very strange experience. This guy was a utility truck. He was up on your pole. He says, I don't know why he was up there. There's no electricity on the house or anything. There'd be no reason for him, for any utility people to be there because I don't have anything turned on in the house. That was uh, one of two experiences that I've had with those types of, individuals, entities, whatever you want to call them. And in each encounter, I absolutely felt threatened under complete surveillance. Um, There are, those are two times among many others that I felt like I was in danger. And yet at the same time, I praise God for protecting me. So yes, I have had those experiences.
4: Bill, we got less than a minute to go with you and I apologize we're not going to get to any more questions after this, but we will bring you back soon. Uh, tell everybody where they could find your ministry, where they could find information about you.
3: And I want to thank you again, Brother Dave. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed uh, the time with you and do look forward to coming back again. I want to thank all of you out there for watching as well. Uh, I pray that 2023 is a great year for you, Dave, and your family, and for everybody out there. And if you're out there and in your, you're in need of spiritual don't hesitate. Uh, Visit BillJBean.com. You can contact me directly from the site. I'll get back to you as quickly as possible. If you want to get a copy of my brand new book, Tales from an Exorcist, same thing. BillJBean.com. Go visit the site and uh, we'll get you a copy out uh, as soon as possible.
4: Bill, it's always a pleasure. You're one of the great ones out there and thank you for doing what you do. We very much appreciate it.
3: Thank you, my brother, and God bless you and I'll look forward to the next time.
4: Absolutely. Bill Bean, the spiritual warrior, BillJBean.com. Coming up next in hour number three, we are going to head to the swamp. Then, our resident Timbit, little Timmy Senor, is back from the DL and getting ready to join us on the UFO Report. That was a good show. That was a good show. Uh, little Timmy Senor looks like he's a member of the Sprockets team from Saturday Night Live. Sprockets. I wonder if he could do the jam. I don't know. I'm going to disappear here for a minute. i got to take a quick break. I will be right back, everyone. Sit tight. And uh, maybe I'll grow some facial hair while I'm taking a break. Be right back. Just want to remind all of you who are planning and looking forward to our second annual Vegas fan party at the Golden Nugget, you can go to info at spacedoutradio.com. Info at spacedoutradio.com. Let us know whether or not you're going to be a VIP and let us know how many people are in your party. We got a great list. Of people that are going after the show that we do live here on our YouTube channel, we are going to have a Skywatch with Tim Senor, Terry Hall, Melinda Leslie, and Misha Johnson. We are going to have a VIP dinner. You get to mingle with all of our guests. Our guests right now are like 20 something. I uh, made a list tonight, I will go over that list after the show. So stick around. We want to get you more information as we go by here. So here we go, everyone.
3: Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now
0: back to Dave Scott and S.O.R.
4: Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune us on in. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Waft your. Wafter is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again...
5: Hi Swamp Dweller, my name is Boudreaux, and I was born and raised in the Honey Island Swamp, one of America's most extensive and wild swamps, still mainly uninhabited. The Honey Island Swamp is located roughly about 30 minutes away from the famous New Orleans, which would explain the many encounters with voodoo, witchcraft, and just creepy stuff that lurks out in the cypress swamps. I have many stories of mine and my father that I would like to share for the future, but let's go where it all started. I grew up on a shack built upon a pontoon due to the unexpected changes in the water levels on the West Pearl River, and we lived off the land eating whatever we could catch, hunt, or anything in between. Normally, this included things like turtles, crawfish, alligators, snakes, raccoons, and so much more. These were the times before the ever-expanding suburbs and the swamp tour boats were encroaching so we could live in peace without being judged. But this also meant that the wildlife and other unexplainable things were more likely to take place. By the time I was 10 years old, I would run our small crawfish boat, or pirouge, deep into the swamp to check out our crawfish traps or trot lines, so I could help put food on the table for my parents and our four siblings. On this particular event, I took the small, motorized crawfish boat north towards the Bouge Chiteau to check out a few trot and jug lines and maybe shoot a few animals from the ship for food. My motor was killed when I finished making my rounds through the sloughs and inlets. As luck would have it, I had no form of paddle on board and the strong current of the Pearl River was pulling me downstream. Still, luckily, I pulled ashore before I hit any bad jetties. As I made my way ashore, I tried to figure out what was wrong with the motor. It was from the early 50s, so it could just be that it was old. After an hour of rest, with no luck with the engine, the sun began to set and I wasn't too worried, for I've spent many nights in the swamp alone which may not be ideal or even scary to others, but that's not a big deal. I was sure my father would come up the river to look for me once sun was up. I found a little bit of high ground a few feet off the river and climbed up a tree because one place you do not want to sleep is on the floor in a swamp. If a gator or a snake doesn't find you, the fire ants will. And I had been asleep in the old oak tree for a few hours until an unearthly howl awoke me. It didn't sound like the typical owl or coyote, we don't have wolves in south louisiana unless they're in a zoo the howl startled me because of how stressed and deep it sounded it also sounded very close my young mind began to race thinking about the stories of the rougarou my mother would tell me to behave this large wolf man would eat the bad children up if they didn't act well which to me now is a child version of what it is The Rougarou is the result of some evil witchcraft or voodoo or evil spirit that haunts the swamps and bayous of South Louisiana in the form of a wolfman. Ten minutes after the terrifying howl, I began to hear the shuffle of the briar bushes near the base of the tree, and I prayed that it was a small rodent of some sort, but it was the complete opposite. The midnight moon lit the creature up as it stepped out into the clearing not only 15 feet in front of me. It was about six feet tall, with long hair and yellow eyes. This thing, whatever it was, stood on two legs, and the stench it let off was similar to that of a wet dog mixed with a skunk. I do not know if the creature saw me, but I felt it could smell or maybe hear me. I was frozen in fear, daring not to make a noise after what seemed like a lifetime of the creature stalking around the base of the tree. I could see a faint light and hear the roar of a boat coming up the river. The creature seemed scared of the raft and was gone by the time I looked back down. I jumped 15 feet from the oak tree, spraining my ankle in the process, and ran back to the boat as fast as possible to wave down the oncoming ship. I safely returned home that night, and was terrified to enter the swamp alone, with or without proper equipment. I learned that the swamp holds much more than we know, for it is the unexplored areas that these creatures live. Today, 30 years later, many locals still call that animal that many have claimed to see the Rugaroo or the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Still, I can tell you, it's just one of the many unexplainable things I have witnessed inside the swamp. Thank you for listening to my story. If you enjoy it, there will undoubtedly be more about the Honey Island Swamp.
4: And we say thank you to our resident swamp dweller for taking us on another spooky journey as Swamp Dweller joins us. Every Monday through Friday night kicking off hour number three and spooking us out with his great stories. Hey, if you want to hear more, just head on over to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. And you could hit subscribe there and literally listen to thousands of stories for free just like that. From the swamp to the stars, our resident Tim Bitt is back. Little Timmy Senor has the UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're
2: going
4: to know. It's good to have Tim off the DL list and back in action performing tonight. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, he was saying he had to leave early because, you know, the wife was calling and he had to go on the DL list last week because his wife bit him. His wife bit him. <laughs> and now, you know, I mean, he, no, I'm teasing. How you doing, Tim?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, doing really well. Doing really well. It's been laugh after laugh around here since Christmas, really. Bringing in the new year with, I woke up one morning with uh, Elephant Man on one side. Something had got me in a few places, so.
4: Yeah, you had an awful spider yeah. bite or something like that. Something was
1: going on. It looked like I'd, you know, gone up against Rocky and just lost
4: <laughs> my goodness my good and, and you're like a, yeah. you're like a buck 35 soaking wet so i mean anything swollen on you is going to show not like me man i get a spider bite like that it just looks like i've added another chin underneath you absorb He's, it yeah i absorb it pretty good but i mean holy cow i mean you're you're pretty lucky my friend
1: yeah yeah i had an allergic reaction to it so that was the only big deal but uh took care of it but it feels like I haven't seen you for oh, since, like, what, last year? I know. It's crazy.
4: It's been way too long, buddy. Way too long. Yeah. And we're glad to have you back. How was your New Year's?
1: It was fun. It was fantastic. Um, all of my neighbors kind of go to town, if you will, on fireworks around here. So it was loud all evening and Excellent. lots of fun. So we Excellent. celebrated it, yeah, the right way.
4: I had my first New Year's in fifteen years, childless. Child.
1: How did that happen? Um,
4: friends of ours, uh, their son is my son's age. They're best friends. Uh, their boy had come over uh, night the night before, and so our boy went over there to play because I had to go for dinner with my boss. And went to one of these really fancy schmancy types of, of dinners that you know comes in little plates and it comes in like there was like seven different courses. So we asked them if they would uh, watch our son for that, and they're like, "Yeah, no problem." And then about nice. about ten minutes after we dropped him off, get the phone call. Hey, do you mind if he stays for night? No problem, no problem. That's, so it it awesome. was it was pretty good. We went we went house hopping. We saw lights. On, if if our friends' lights were on, we we went house hopping. Never really did that before, but that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That's so cool. Yeah, that is so. Cool. Yeah, and and I lost my. So I decided I was going to trim my beard, and you know I've been renovating my house, and I forgot how close my trimmer gets, <laughs> and because I forgot to put on. My 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 blade protector, you know that keeps right. Yeah,
1: gone. And then you're like, ah, now I got to match it.
4: Now I had to match everything, and and uh, you know now I look like the state puff marshmallow man. It's terrible, terrible.
1: Believe it or not, same thing started on my face, and I had to go all the way up here. Now look what happened. Look, I had to make it all even. I
4: know, I know. That's all right. In about a week, I'll be fine. About a week, I'll be right. fine. You know, right. get some definition back. But uh, back to the gym tomorrow after counting the amount of chins I have. Holy cow, you know.
1: That's the best thing about New Year's Day is the gym's closed. Oh, not mine. <laughs> I have break. a key for it. Oh, it, you can get in anytime. Sweet. Yeah, that's it,
4: that's it is pretty cool. Man, you know, 24. the round table we just did We had a great panel for the roundtable, the year-end roundtable that really uh, kicked things off with looking back at the year that was and um, in ufology especially because it was the year of the UFO. And, you know, I figured following that up tonight with you, we can have a private, intimate conversation about what we're going to see coming in 2023 the good the bad and the head scratchers so i've been thinking about this all night long since we talked about it oh many many moons ago and i think it's going to be the year of the ufo again and this is what i see happening okay and we're going to start off with all these groups because late in the year we learned about this enigma group that is coming out looking for UFOs on and experiences, and they want people to report. We got MUFON doing, doing the same thing. We got Galileo Project still trying to figure out who they are. We got all of these groups, UAPX and many others that are forming. Do we need any more groups in 2023, Tim?
1: Well, I, I think it depends on the source of those groups and their motivation. Um, but the more attention that's brought to this topic, I think the better. Uh, really, um, there is no bad press, you know, when it comes to this. We need to keep it in the media, quite honestly. And even debunked UFO stories are better than no stories. You know what I mean? So to be completely honest with you, I'm, I'm Yeah.
4: I okay. I, I don't have a problem with that. Okay. I think the more attention we bring to the subject, the better. And I think everybody can agree to that because we do need to bring this subject more to light in people's everyday lives. There's a number of people such as ourselves and, and other people who are trying to do that on a daily basis. And I think that is healthy. I think that is what's needed but if all of these groups are looking for the same thing tim which right now it's all nuts and bolts it's all about the technology it's all about everything what purpose does it solve if not for self or for purely selfish reasons for these groups look we know there's an unnamed billionaire that is sitting behind the enigma group that is, you know in the ufo world that has been very well uh, spoken in private conversations. Nobody knows the name. People are speculating. No, it's not Robert Bigelow from Bigelow Aerospace. It's somebody completely different. They've got an open checkbook. We know that MUFON continues to struggle for wherever it wants to go and what it wants to be. The SCU, you could pretty much throw them in, in the same circle. Okay, you have... Galileo project, which built up ahead of steam in 2023 and then just seemed to go eerily silent, you know, and they're all looking for the same thing. Uh, UAPX as well. Nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts. Are we going to see a time in 2023 where we include the nuts and bolts? but we're also looking at everything else that goes around this subject because there is more to it than just people playing physics or mathematicians.
1: You're absolutely right. And it seems like we have been focused on the nuts and bolts and myself absolutely guilty of that that thing. And I think that naturally the progression starts there. You know, you see something in the sky or you see something reported on in the sky and you figure there must be something to it. So you try to figure out what the nuts and the bolts are and you try to figure out, is it something that we could use? Is it something, you know, interesting? Right. And then at some point, you're right. The conversation needs to elevate and it's starting to. And I do think that this actually will be the topic for 2023. Which is actually, if aliens contact humanity, who decides what we do next? Literally, who decides what we do next? I mean, that's a massive question. We haven't asked it yet. There's one think group that I know about uh, in Scotland. A group of scientists uh, have come up with some ideas, but quite realistically, that should be the topic now. Let's all agree that there is something to the nuts and bolts. Let's just say, yes, that's out there. We know that now. Um, the, the details of that are a little bit irrelevant, because if we can all agree it exists, then we should already be thinking about the next question, which is this one, which is if they exist, then what do we do next? How do we interact what should we be putting out there? <clears throat> should we be c- continuing to broadcast ourselves out to the universe, um, giving away our hand, if you will? Um, you know, are they all going to be our, you know, astral brothers and sisters? Are they here for benevolent reasons or not? Well, These are the sorts of things we need to elevate to.
4: I think what we also have to understand, too, is right now all of these groups unless they have secret sources within the United States military or government that are giving them pieces of crash retrievals they have nothing to work with outside of videos and doing the mathematics of the video cuz you can you can do a lot with uh, on a good video you can gain a lot of information you can gain speed you can gain trajectory you can gain altitude you could gain if it drops how fast does it drop okay there is a lot you can gain with that but it's all mathematics there's nothing hands-on that they are doing and they are also wanting to rely on a lot of anecdotal evidence of reports of people calling in and hopefully capturing something which is great but isn't this what MUFON's been doing for 50 years and they still can't figure out what they are doing I mean, MUFON, out of anybody, should should have been at the heat source of this five years ago or six years ago now when the Two The Stars Academy came out. But they're not. Right. So let's right. move on here. we got three and a half minutes before we move on here. Who do you see being a big player in 2023 when it comes to UFOs?
1: Right. Well, I see the big blocker being Avril Haines right? So we're not going to get anything unless Avril Haines allows us at this point, right? Which is absolutely ridiculous. Now we know the reason that we haven't gotten the report is Avril Haines does not want to release it. So um, it's this sort of thing. That's going to be the uh, the topic that we're going to have to deal with. Um, I think that the conversation needs to shift away from waiting for this sort of report from the government. We need to elevate the topic on, on our own through the media and through the public through more p- public organizations. And Dave, I love what you brought up earlier last year or at the end of last year. Um, I think we need to get on the uh, public oversight committee. Massively important.
4: Well, we need to get over on the public oversight committee and we need a watchdog. We need to be able to, to get people out there, get people who are, emotionally involved, no ties to anybody, and we need to be able to put them together in a group where they can figure out what is right and what is wrong. There is nobody being a watchdog out there in this field. Everybody wants to be individualized, and I think we could uh, see that happen. How it happens, I don't know. Would I be willing to be a part of that? Absolutely, I would. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, would I help put it together if somebody asked me to, sure as heck i would I would do something if it benefits the community if it benefits, you can always find time. It will take some great gracious volunteers, but if it benefits the community, you don't need money you need you need passion, and you need people with passion who want to do the right thing, break down the right notes, break down the right speeches break down the right news and reviews, whether it's from Congress or whether it's from the, the Pentagon itself. Okay. This is where we need to be able to break things down and really open up the subject. And And I hope that happens, Tim. I really do. Am I going to be a leader in it? Probably not. Okay. But would I sure support somebody for the right reasons and the right constitution uh, getting this together and and if they said, hey, Dave, we need help with PR or we need help getting the message out or building a, a media list, I'm all there. I am all there because I am that passionate about what is needed for this field. Because these good people who listen to this show, Tim, they're tired of being played like a rag doll. They're, they're in an emotional tug of war with the Pentagon on one side and the selfish people on the other side playing them for the information all in the name of disclosure. Ladies and gentlemen, let us eliminate the word disclosure for 2023. That is the big one. And we'll we'll get to that when we come back cuz we that's a whole different conversation right there. But I mean, we need to be able to get that information out. How do we do it? Press releases. How do you do it? Going on interviews on shows, whether it's UFO podcasts or maybe a a local television show, a news channel picks you up that's covering this story. That's how you do it. It builds small, and it would grow, and that's where we need to focus. Tim, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. We're going to continue the UFO report, a look towards what may happen in 2023 with our resident UFO guy, Tim Senor. We call him the Tim Bit around here. Disclosure. Does it change meaning in 2023? We'll get to that next on Spaced Out Radio. I just got to say hello to a few people here because a bunch came in. Uh, Hi, D. Swiger. Hi, Deb from SAC. Uh, Who else showed up here late? There was a couple of you there. Uh, Sovereign Farts, keep on ripping hard, buddy. Fart hard, my friend. Fart hard. Search and Destroy, how you doing, buddy? Uh, Let's see here. I think I got them all now. Super Duke, Super Duke. Yep. Uh, doo, 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 doo. Yeah, there we go, Tim. I'm all caught up.
1: Sweet. Sweet. <clears throat> so yeah, I donned my Sprocket's outfit tonight. I'm Dieter, Very obviously. Nice.
4: Hey, did you yeah. did you see uh that incident between uh the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals tonight where what?
1: no? That's my oh, team Oh my god.
4: Damar Hamlin, <laughs> one of the uh one of the defensive backs for for Buffalo makes a tackle, and then he he jumps up from the tackle, stands up. You see him take two steps back, falls right on his back. Had a heart attack, right on the field.
1: Oh my! God.
4: And God. and this
1: he, must have been so traumatic for yeah. They were so many.
4: They worked on him for ten minutes on the field. They had to give him C, perform CPR. Uh, he is alive, which is cool. Oh, good. Uh, he's in critical condition. <laughs> NFL has canceled the game for right now, or postponed the mm-hmm. game for right now. They'll have to play the game. They'll probably have right. to play it next week or the week after before the oh, playoffs wow. start
3: because it oh will
4: because that's a playoff implication game too, and mm-hmm. uh, just a horrible scene, horrible wow. horrible scene, you know, and. Uh, <clears throat> And, uh, it's, um, you know, the guy's only 24 years old and mm-hmm. his charity that he started when he was drafted into the NFL and he made the Buffalo bills. Uh, he set up this charity on, uh, on GoFundMe to try and raise $2,500 to get his toys for kids, uh, charity going in, in his uh, neighborhood. That number tonight has jumped over $2 million, $2 That's million. fantastic. You know, let's yeah. just let's just hope that uh, hope he makes it. Let's not uh, get into uh, that stuff, guys. We're not uh, getting into that, so now we gotta erase some comments yeah. here.
1: Yeah,
4: okay, that's um, not what we do here, guys.
1: Yeah, boy, the Bills this year though. I was raised in Rochester, New York, so we only had the Bills games to go to. Buffalo is right next door. Good days. Yeah. I was following them the year they went like four years in a row. Uh,
4: Hold on a second. YJ, I did not bring that up. I brought up an incident that happened on the football field. We don't need to be getting into COVID talk, shot, shot talk, or anything like that. You guys know I have zero tolerance for it. Zero tolerance. Okay. I brought up an incident that happened during a football game Nothing to do with the jab. Didn't bring anything up above that. So let's not put words in my mouth. Okay? I get really pissed off with this, guys. Really PO'd. Because I don't need my chat room hammered by YouTube. Okay? Sorry. Verbal spanking?
1: No, no. Verbal spanking by Dave.
4: No, it's not. But... You got stuff. (coughs) Don't sit there and say I brought it up, which explained to me in the last five minutes where I said, by the way, this was caused by this. Right, right. Uh, Where's my wrenches on this one, guys? This is why I have wrenches.
1: E.T., phone home, please. Phone call for Mr. E.T. Good stuff. So what else has been going on? How much time we got? We got... Little time. Uh, we 20, what else you got?
4: Twenty seconds. I can't talk to you right now. I gotta monitor a chat
1: room. Oh, you don't. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. Baby, sit away, please. I get it.
4: we round a third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream Live at KPNL, all of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor hit that subscribe button. Our website is spaced We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on. We're looking at what is coming in 2023 for UFOs and the entire subject. As it was a busy year in 2022, Tim Senor, our, our resident UFO guy, is here with the UFO Report. Thank you, my friend, for joining us.
1: You bet. Thanks for having me, buddy.
4: Disclosure. This is a big topic. It's been a big topic for decades, but more so over the last couple of years, and especially in 2022, where everybody thought that we were getting closer and closer and closer. Disclosure meaning that we were going to find out that UFOs are real and everything is working perfectly when it comes to what we're doing in learning about this subject, in gaining information. The media is on it. The government politicians are on it. But in the end, Tim, we're only hearing what they want us to tell. So do you see 2023 being the year of continued confirmation of the subject and people starting to use a little bit less of the word disclosure?
1: I would love to see that we need more confirmation um, and less interest in disclosure because disclosure is always going to be skewed to one polarity or another to sell something to somebody. Right. And so I love your point. Um, But you know, the UFO community that's been around much longer than me uh, at least knows this has been a rug that's been pulled out from under them many, many times. So yes, 2022 And 2021, with the initial UAP report, seemed like a real gust of wind in the right direction. But then we're seeing it stomped down by the Navy. No more videos from us. And then we're seeing it stomped down by Avril Haines. You're not going to get a UAP report. And if you do, fingers crossed for something like March, you know, Um, and so. The other point I think is important to to bring up that if you're waiting for disclosure, it's probably not going to come from the government. Um, And if you're looking for confirmation, it will probably come from the public. And in that same realm, you're going to get the videos, you're going to get the data behind it, and you're going to get more organizations like SCU coming out with confirmation videos uh, and details about the existing military disclosures that there have been in the past.
4: Well, you know what? I think as people in the UFO community and the public at large start to see that this is becoming a restricted subject once again, Tim, that will affect people's thoughts on this. That will affect what or how they're going to react to what is going on. And if, and if they aren't going to pay attention to what is going on, then i mean you have to be able to think for yourself it just it also proves as i gain my thought back here for a second it also proves that we are in the midst of something that is highly debatable and i'm not saying to be debatable on reality but debatable as to whether or not we deserve any truth to what is going on, whether it's crash retrievals, whether it's technology gained, whether it's ET contact in its own. And they're not going to tell us. The military has stated they're not going to tell us. Therefore, we're on our own here, Tim. We are on our own.
1: To an extent, we are. Um, We do get little drips of information, though. And that's the sort of thing that we need to hold out for. It may not come from normal sources, but like you said, um, you in particular are a media person. And so you can appreciate that the stories that are important need to be carried on by the media and put out. Um, and they can't just be swept under and, and um, you know, the topic be controlled by the Wall Street journals uh, out there uh, that that want to kind of numb this audience to this topic. But, um, you know, the the new documents that were released by the Pentagon that show that NORAD had actually um, been brought in right after the UAP report was released in 2020, in 2020 rather, I believe. Uh, and so once NORAD was brought in, you start to find out that all sorts of questions were being asked behind closed doors. And so We realize now that even though they may have come out with a statement and NORAD may have even said something along the lines of, we don't have anything of interest at this point, but understand that um, they review hundreds and hundreds of videos and a lot of them are still left with a question mark at the end of it. So that's the sort of report that behind closed doors they're looking into. We know they have the information because we're told through good media and journalistic sources that they are given the information. So if we know that, we can draw the lines ourselves. We don't need anyone to tell us. We don't need anyone to specifically come out and say that these things are happening. But if you listen to the drips and you understand what those conversations would entail and how those those conversations must have taken place, then you understand that the information is in fact being passed on. And perhaps the fact that we didn't get a report is irrelevant because we know that they're discussing it. And the fact remains that the fact that Avril Haines has blatantly blocked this report from coming out screams to the fact that there must be something more to it. If there was nothing, this would have been released. They would have been so happy to release those hundred videos explained.
4: See, and this is where we need the UFO community to come together. If any time it was to come together, and I hate to say this, you know, and beat a dead horse with the watchdog type of group, okay, that's where something like this is needed. All right, let's let's move on here because we got a bunch of different topics to go. Who's going to be the face oh. for ufology in twenty twenty three? Is it Chris Mellon? Is it the politicians? Is it going to be somebody who's a long time pro? Of the UFO community? Is it Jeremy Corbell who's been silent for a while? George Knapp? Does Luis Elizondo come out from the woodshed finally, uh, maybe with a different facial hair look and a sharpened axe? I mean, what do you see happening?
1: I 100% think it's Gary Nolan that's going to be the 2023 spokesperson, insider, person of knowledge in the know. He's a member of every organization that's relevant. And he freely speaks on the topic um, without any consideration of what would be considered stigmatized or possibly hidden by an NDA. I don't know if he even considers them when he, ta- when he talks on podcasts. So to be completely honest, my eyes are on Gary P. Nolan.
4: I see us getting more in more and more Chris Mellon. I don't see Chris Mellon doing a lot of interviews, but I see him speaking through his blog about uh, the channels that he is trying to forge within the, the government community. I don't see any politicians coming on up and really jumping on the bandwagon. I think those days are done as uh, many of these state senators and Congress people are going to want, probably being forced to back off due to the fact that the military-industrial complex is going to say, hey, remember how you build those M1A1 tank parts or those F-35 engines or the tires for for the F-22s? Yeah, we remember too. We would you like us to move those out of your state? Then shut up. Shut up. And I see that happening because that's the pull we're seeing right now. That's the pull. I mean, think about it, man. If if I mean most of our audience is American. You're American. I can't be the only guy from out of town or out of country who notices this. But why aren't you guys a little bit more upset? that your military is telling your government the way it's going to go down with UFOs rather than your government telling the military how it's going to go down.
1: Dude, you should listen to our community because we are outraged. I mean, the UFO community, not me personally, I don't actually understand it. To me, I don't think it's up to them. Um, You know, there's, you know, Eisenhower, Howard warned us against this, you know, that there wouldn't be any, that one group would have the military complex, right? The military-industrial complex. It is a machine, and, you know, you cannot really find a notch in the armor to throw a wrench in, and we're seeing that distinctly played out by the blocking of that UAP report and the controlling of this topic on the Hill. I mean, our, our, the American public doesn't have a lot of control over what the military does. We can respond, but even at the same rate, that's not really or of anybody's concern. You know, we can obviously write and call the ODNI and, uh, you know, request that report and, you know, let them know about our outrage about that. But um, short of that, there's not much individually that we can do here in this country. Now, that being said, I would love to highlight the fact that um, we should also consider supporting some of the decisions that our military makes. I know that seems counterintuitive to this group and even to hearing myself say it, but um, there's obviously a massive reason that they've made this decision on the brink of releasing the report and on the brink of... "Quote unquote," disclosing this pretty much um, in a massive way. Now we still may get a historical report. We don't know. They're looking into 1945 and and until now, so we'll see. But I don't know, man. You, I kind of would love to hear your thoughts at this point. You know, I well, what do you think?
4: Joe Monk brings up a good point. okay, Okay, in the chat room about Elon Musk. Could we see Elon Musk? Because he, don't forget, he has now stepped into the UFO page here, guys. Okay. When mm-hmm. he came out a couple weeks before Christmas, stating that all of a sudden his rockets have been noticing anomalies following them after launch. Okay. Every, and remember what we've told you, every launch since Gemini has been followed. So could we see Elon Musk now getting into the UFO front? Okay. Great point. That that could be a big one, uh, and, and a real silent play. I mean I mean, could you imagine the people uh screaming at NASA if he all of a sudden came out saying anything more? I mean, it's it's very interesting oh. how NASA has absolutely not responded to Musk saying anything regarding the anomalies that have been following his rockets.
1: Yeah. He's the guy that writes the NDAs. He he doesn't sign NDAs typically. So um, he can say whatever he wants. Now, again, let's remember who we're talking about. Uh, so you may or may not hold a lot of validity in a lot of what he says, but um, given maybe he has talked to his pilots and his astronauts, and in which case, maybe he is on another level of in the know, and let's hope so. And you could be absolutely right, uh, Joe, because that is the kind of pioneer this topic needs, you know, somebody that has nothing to gain or lose by it, and absolutely would be interested in the technology and would be open about that. Um, and I think if, you know, he cracked open a UFO and they had a new iPhone 2000, 5000, whatever it is, he would probably be the first guy to like share it with the public. So, of course, he would do it for a price tag, but at the same rate, um, I use Starlink and think it's fantastic. So,
4: oh, I, I see it happening. I think, I think we, we have to keep a very close eye on that and, uh, and uh, we have to uh, see what, what is going on. Okay,
1: dude. He sold a flamethrower. He he designed and sold a flamethrower on his website. Who does that? It's mm-hmm. the coolest guy in the world. I mean, come on.
4: All right, let, let's talk about another controversial name here, Luis Elizondo. Midway through 2022, he just disappeared. Said that's enough. I've done my tour. I've said my speech. I've. I've past my limits i'm tired of being uh absolutely hammered on social media i'm tired of people making documentaries of me i'm tired of people criticizing absolutely everything i do from not being able to wipe my butt properly to talking ufos i mean the poor guy couldn't catch a break in 2022 do we see him coming out of the woodwork and getting back into the ufo game or do you think he's done um i don't
1: think it's matters personally um i think he's probably done because he's on to other things um but i mean i wouldn't be surprised if he came back i know he has a book to sell at some point so i don't think it matters though really you know what i mean it was it was great to have information like that but at the same rate it was so hard to decipher a lot of what he said and those nuggets were good. And a lot of it did come into fruition, but I just, you know, I wish I didn't have to weed through all of the information to get to those nuggets, I guess. So I, I enjoyed the man. He was a cool guy. I got to talk with him briefly. Um, He seems like a great guy. I, you know, it'd be the sort of thing, like it would be cool to see him back because I kind of missed that guy But the information itself, I still questioned. Just like when I listened to Gary Nolan talk, I'm like, I like this, but I can't buy into that. Or I love everything he's saying right now. And then he says one thing. I'm like, ah, I know he said that, you know, or whatever. It it doesn't matter who it is out there. I don't 100% believe anything that's out there. So uh, I don't think he'll be back anytime soon, though, to answer your question directly.
4: All right, let's move on. We only got about three and a half minutes here. 2023, are we going to see videos of people capturing UFOs become just as important, more important, or just as ignored as 2022?
1: You mean the public? The
4: public, public yeah.
1: Sourced? Um, I don't see it getting any more value than it ever has in 2023, unfortunately. Um, we're still, no matter how many videos we produce, the public's information will never be considered as valid as a pilot, for instance, or a trained observer, a police officer, or military personnel. So the public has a pretty bad rap. It's really hard for us to get a video out there that's credible to get any kind of traction as far as being valid. And it's really hard to produce something with um, prosumer tools, meaning the cameras that are available to us as uh, prosumers and consumers. So I see us continue to struggle unless we, you know, formalize a group. And again, you know, that's again expensive, but I see us continuing to struggle in the public producing videos.
4: Yeah, I I have that same feeling, unfortunately, that, you know what, people are going to capture some incredible footage this year, things that they have never seen before, and they're going to be put all over the internet, all over uh, social media, and they are just going to be pushed to the wayside because because you are who you are. And you, like me, is an absolute nobody. Absolute nobody. Because we we don't have our pilots' wings, whether they're commercial or whether they're military, and that is uh, that is going to be a very very um, a very very difficult process. Okay, let, let's get to one final topic tonight. By the end of twenty twenty three, where do you see we have gained traction in this field?
1: Um, I would say that um, Joe Public probably knows what a UAP is now. I, I think that that's, if nothing else, what this community and this topic has succeeded at doing, is putting it in the mouths of everybody. And everyone has to consider it as something real. Now, I hate saying UAP. I know what you how you feel about that. But it is a word that has really just hit the public. Um, Be it from Jeremy Corbell or whatever that source is for that terminology, it doesn't matter. Um, I think that the public's understanding of that being a reality and that the government may actually consider it something real. I think that that is pretty massive on its own.
4: Well, you know what? I think that the big thing that we're going to see here is I think we're going to have a lot of people jumping off the UAP bandwagon and back on the UFO bandwagon. You know, what we need yes, indeed. I think 2023 shows the public trying to take more control of this subject, proper ufologists like being more important than ever. And getting the message out is going to become more important. That's what I see happening in 2023, and that's going to be where we fall right into place for our listeners and our viewers on on YouTube and Twitch. And I, and I, I look forward to that. Tim, a great UFO report to kick off the year with you. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of nights. And a big thank you to Swamp Dweller as well for... Another spooky story coming out of the swamp. And, of course, our guest tonight, the spiritual warrior, Bill Bean. Man, did he take us on a nice journey tonight. That was weird. Can't believe I hadn't interviewed him in eight years. Eight years.
1: I'm, I'm flies. It, it was. Does.
4: Really, it really did. But I'm sure glad we had that opportunity to chat with him again. And, Tim? We're going to turn it over to Mr. Ron bumblefoot Thaw, who's rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Spreaker, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club. And I know I'm missing a couple more, but we're going to round it out on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. I know you're out there
5: somewhere.
4: Remember, this show is copyright by SpacedOutRadio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us because together, my friends... make a mistake. We're
0: watching...
4: We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Woo train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them too. Good night.
0: her.